This is The Gem on the Queen's Crown, a podcast talking about Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Here's the host, Lee W. Mowen. Welcome to episode number 24 on your podcast, Talking Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio Sports. This is Lee W. Mowen, and you can pick up the gem on the Queen's Crown on iTunes and most iOS podcast players, along with Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Dilly Dilly, Acast, Overcast, Anchor.fm, Podbean, Spreaker, Player.fm, and now, new for the gem on the Queen's Crown, Podchaser, Radio Line, Podbay.fm, and Listen Notes. The list keeps growing every episode. Also, if you caught the one that's fake, give yourself a pat on the back or ten points for Gryffindor. I have Mark Schlemmer across from me. Mark, it's always a good time talking sports with you, and this episode's going to be no different. Were you serious? Dilly Dilly is really a sight? Or was nope. that just something you tossed in there? That was something I tossed in there. I I'm was going to say, I thought that sounded just a little bit on the funny side there. Uh, yep. Another Monday, back at it again. We've absolutely. had numerous requests to do more and more and more of these. So, of course, we will accommodate people. I'm trying to set up the schedule for more people to be involved, but a lot of them work during the day and that makes it difficult with your schedule and yeah but we'll get around to them so i'm, people, I'm sorry folks most no, no. of the evenings i work this this week's it will fairly all, busy. it will all work out we will we'll get around to them <laughs> absolutely um, but as always another busy week of sports around town nationally um and always plenty of stuff to talk about probably the biggest stories right now in the world of sports and one i've obviously taken a lot of questions on on Facebook page is the NFL playoffs. Interesting games. Um, I would say the second one, maybe not so much that the Eagles won, but how badly they won, how dominant Philly was over Minnesota. And it's just amazing how a team and a city like Minnesota can go from the all-time high of the miracle in Minnesota the week before to getting flatlined in Philly. You know, I thought Philadelphia had a shot. I mean, their home team, their fans are some of the most passionate. I mean, it is the city of brotherly love. No, they're not passionate. They're absolutely insane. Well, you know. The only stadium in football with a jail. It's like tomato-tomato type of thing. I did call Philadelphia to win. I was I was on the fence. I wasn't sure. I mean, Minnesota coming in only allowed what twenty five percent of uh, uh, third down conversions. Well, they had like the that. best defense in football, but playoffs are a different animal. Um, it wouldn't have bothered me to see Minnesota get a shot. What does bother me? I don't want to see a team play a Super Bowl in their own stadium. I just don't. I don't agree with that. Yeah. Um, now, you can't blame the Vikings if they would have gone. No. I just don't agree with it, and I'm not a big fan of having the Super Bowl spread around to different cities in the league. For me, if you go to the Super Bowl, the ultimate game, it should be played 
in an ultimate city. That probably didn't come out right, but like a big like no. A, my point being best New, weather. Like I don't New want York? oh I don't want weather. weather being a factor in the biggest game on the schedule. Um, now, does that take away from other cities getting a piece of the pie, so to speak? Sure, it does. But so what you're telling me is if the Bengals decide they're going to put a dome on the stadium, they could bid for a Super Bowl? Come on. Cleveland, same thing. Okay, I get it. If you're going to do that, then do it like baseball and just say the best team with the best record gets to host it. Might as well. Same thing. I actually disagree with the weather thing. I think that makes football football. I mean, when you – the freezer bowl. I mean, well, they could have called that but, game off, but – I don't want – I don't want weather – playing a, a role in determining who the champion should be. Yes, it's an outdoor game. Yeah. Um, no question about it. But at the same time, there's got to be – there's almost got to be a carrot or, or a diamond of some kind. Okay, if you go to the Super Bowl, you're going to paradise. You know, yeah. you're not going to a cold-weather snow bowl. Kind of like what the Rose Bowl used to be type of thing. You want to You want to be rewarded. Um, I know why they do it. I'm just not a big fan of it. Maybe it's because I'm old. I don't know. But I'm sure Philadelphia, New England would go play in a parking lot somewhere in Poughkeepsie if they had to go play it. Um, Minnesota, you feel sorry for to a point. Um, now, in their case, the Case Keenum debate, does he go back to being Case Keenum? Does he cash the big check in Minnesota? Do the Vikings stay with Bridgewater? Do they stay with Stan Bradford? Now all that gets to play out. Yeah. Um, New England, no, not a fan. I don't know how you discredit what they've done. Yeah, I hear all the cries. Oh, oh, all the reps are against them, holding, no, 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 no. Well, I saw a couple of nice holding calls in the Jacksonville-Pittsburgh game late in the game that weren't called. So you can make the argument. I saw one thing written I thought was very appropriate. The difference is the Patriots don't stand there and complain. They get up and go back to the huddle. Big difference. Yeah, there were some calls that were shaky. There always is. Brady's Brady. Until you knock the champion out, they're the champion. You don't, you don't outscore them in a boxing match. You've got to knock them out. Jacksonville had their chances. Didn't get it done. Um, now, will they build going forward what happens to Bortles? So, you know, it's amazing how your front page news one day and now you're the back page and we'll see you next year maybe. I hope Bortles takes this experience and learns from it. I do feel bad for him because he's he's grown up a lot since being drafted by the he, Jaguars. The last two weeks, I don't know that I've ever seen a football player look so different than he did. He was night and day different as far as comfortable, just commanded to huddle, had great command of it. Um, it was it was fun to watch, but these two games going to catapult him, I hope. Maybe not. Um, it's sad to watch any team lose the last game, but they were they were two good games to watch. Um now we'll see what happens. You get two weeks full of every ridiculous question imaginable to man. You know, what does Brady do? Let's see his hand, blah, blah, blah. 
I mean, waiting two weeks for a Super Bowl. I mean, you're going to have a lot of I things it. pop up. And well, like, you want you want ticket sales to escalate. I guess so. You want the hype. You got to give the players, the teams, the hotels plenty of time to get things in order. At the same time, two weeks is a long time to wait, but you get the Pro Bowl this week, and that'll put you to sleep. Um, right now, the Patriots are a six-point favorite going in. That's about right. Philadelphia's playing awful well. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be it'll be fun to see now how the Viking fans react. Who do they root for? The team that took them out? The team that took them out? The team everybody hates? Of course, a lot of it's going to be corporate money. I guess the earliest ticket price I saw there was 5500 bucks a piece, which... You could buy three naked ladies, five big screens, and a grocery full of food for that same price and watch it at home. Um, I've already just listened to it on radio, to be the, honest. The gut-wrenching, the gut-wrenching kick the Viking fans in the city of Minneapolis has to be going through right now. They're one step away from euphoria, and now, okay, we got to roll out the red carpet neck like we really care. Good luck with that. I mean, your Eagle and Patriot fans are going to spend a – a lot of coin up in Minneapolis. You got the Mall of America. You got great tourist stops. So that's still going to be. Oh, a it's nice... going to be worth the price of admission. But it's going to be a chunk of change coming in for the. From what city. they just went through, wow! I don't know that you could turn around that quick and go. Sure, we'll we'll root for the or the Eagles or Patriots now. After losing that way, yeah, awful it's... difficult. But maybe they get into the spirit of it. Hopefully. Here's hoping, um, yeah. I mean, it's not every day you get to see a Northern City host a Super Bowl like that. I mean, yeah, I know Bengals it's... saw Detroit. You know, true. I mean, yeah. I know it's a dome, but at the New same York time... New York went through it a couple, what, two or three years ago, but hopefully it'll be an entertaining game. Um, Let's talk about the last time the Patriots and Philadelphia were in the Super Bowl. It was the 2004 season, and we're going to February 2005, back to a time without Twitter or high-definition TV, when Paul McCartney was your halftime show because last year there was a wardrobe malfunction with the act, when you had a clever aim-away message and you were MySpace friends with Tom. And if you had MySpace back in the day, you know who I'm talking about. If you don't, then that's just going to fly over your head. I know head. what MySpace was, but I have no clue what your... Tom is was the admin, and then he went to... Facebook or something, I don't know. That was the game T.O. had a broken leg and McNabb threw up in the huddle, if I remember right. I think so. Should have been. It's hard to believe it's been 13 years ago, but yeah, it, it, this one should be an entertaining game. Brady will have two more weeks to heal. The Eagles' D-line is good. Mm-hmm. They obviously showed Minnesota why they're good. Yeah. If you can knock Brady down a few times early, I think that makes a big difference. Um New England's not just going to lay down by any stretch. It's going to be the swan song for the D coordinator and the O coordinator, Patricia and Josh McDaniels. Um, I still, I, I, I think it'll be a better game than the six points. I think yeah. Philly might surprise them, but at the same time, wrestling guru, I apologize ahead of time. I just don't know that Philly's got enough gas in the tanks to knock out New England. I mean, Brady is still Brady until further notice. Now, I may luck. change my mind five times between now and the ball game, but if I did it today, I'm not sure I'd give up the six, but I would take New England. 
Um, and I got to mention the wrestling guru. I'm happy his team's going. At the same time, our buddy Mr. Hooligan, Mark Hooley, I think I'm saying that right. Huge Vikings fan. He lost with class. Of course, he probably kicked his dog and his wife and his house and everything else. But I give the man credit for standing up to it. He took it like a man. Hey, that's classy. It's classy when you can see your team lose. It doesn't mean it's fun, but no. He but did. you take you take your medicine. And oh, that's, he's taking it. That's 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 how all sports fans should be. To be honest, you know, the, because at the, the end of the day, it's sports, and you live on. Yeah, well, that's easier to say when than done when you're a fan. But yeah, the one thing enough. I thought of today: the Vikings have lost four Super Bowls. Now they get within a step of. Another one in their own ballpark in Gokaflui. Yeah. To imagine that pain, but then I'm thinking, well, the Browns obviously haven't seen a Super Bowl in person, but they have Gokaflui in three championship games, and they all earned a name. The drive, the fumble, Red Right 88. So as far away as the Browns may seem to be as a Super Bowl contender, they do know the pain of almost. Um, it for people again that say sports don't matter. Take a tour around Minneapolis this morning, and then take a tour around Philadelphia. See what see the difference in how things are going, and wonder why all the light posts in Philadelphia were covered with Crisco. Did you see that? I posted yesterday morning. Cops greased up all the poles. Well, when they when they alarm or alerted all their own businesses to be on the lookout after if they win, for Vikings fans to be put on alert. If they win, that's a problem. Well, I saw two videos. Uh, there was a Vikings fan walking to the football stadium, and a lot of Eagles fans were giving him crap. The second one, <laughs> the second one, you see an Eagles fan in the subway, and he's running. He's trying to that's catch. That's the one that hit the post. Boom! I posted that one today too. <laughs> oh. well, before the game, they had a bunch of Eagle fans already had their shirts ripped off with bloody faces. You know why? I mean, really, why? It does mean a lot to Philadelphia. I mean, championships you go don't to jail come often. To beat somebody's, I mean, come on. No, not that. But you know, you're going to the Super Bowl. You have a oh, championship that, opportunity. But I mean, can you imagine if Cleveland ever got to a Super Bowl? Uh, Super Bowl, yeah, I I could probably imagine that. Well, I mean, World Series, Cleveland was pretty alive. The Cleveland fans will trade three LeBron titles and two World Series appearances by the Indians for one Brown Super Bowl, guaranteed. They That's can say shame. it's a title. No. If it isn't the Browns, they don't care. If I was a Cleveland fan, I'd say, hey. Oh, they take it. Yeah. Maybe but that Cavs. I bet if you did a, a poll without signing names, yeah, no question. You're right on that. I, no I agree. No doubt. But it was a good weekend. You know, a very good weekend of sports around here. Um, a lot of college basketball. Yep. Sinclair went up to Edison State, beat the light bulbs. Light bulbs are a very good team. Jeff's struggling with two guys injured again and just really hovering around the 500 mark, and they go up there and pull off a huge win by 17. That's As very I told impressive. him later, maybe those two kids should stay injured all the time. Just a thought. The two the two bigger – that's not fair. It's two bigger schools, schools, scores. UD gets undressed at home by Rody. Rody's the top of the A-10. I get it. I mean, the first half was pretty good until the Flyers hit the E. On until the... they had to play the second half. Yeah. The trouble, you know, to see Dayton, an underdog, in the arena to anyone is hard to see. 
Um, but then to get pasted. And again, yeah, it's a different year, a rebuild. And that's the most points the Flyers given up at home since, what, 1999? Yeah. You know, hopefully at this point, and I know this probably isn't going to appease the Flyer faithful, but as a coach, Anthony's trying to teach him. Um, Obviously, they're not going to get an at-large bid. At this point, you hope you can figure out your rotation of players and by tournament time have it figured out to where you can make a run. That's your only hope of going anywhere, NIT probably also. Um, You just hope you see some improvement the rest of the year. Yeah, you got to hope that that Anthony Grant finishes strong at least for the year and maybe maybe a good A10 tournament run will help, you know, catapult him into next year. Um obviously the bigger story in town are your Wright State Raiders. Your alma mater. My alma mater, yep. It was funny the other night they lost at Milwaukee. And that's a place where Wright State hasn't had any success. Always a like, tough place to play. Richie Potts and Ralph, UWM graduates, they're tough to beat. Also, Frank Caliendo, uh, Milwaukee that's, graduate, That's too. not an easy place to go, but what was funny to me is three weeks ago, people looked down the schedule, and they thought, well, you know, if we can split the, the Wisconsin trip, maybe knock off Youngstown, okay, we'll be okay. Well, all of a sudden... The only game they lose in that little junket is Milwaukee. Exactly. You're still first place, seven and one in the conference. You're still fifteen and six now overall. Far better than what anybody would have guessed. That's your but first it's loss. Funny expectations now, and that's what good teams do. That was your first loss for Wright State since Western Kentucky in non-conference play. For me, I'm curious now. They don't play again until Friday at home against Detroit. But for me, I want to see how this team bounces back from a loss. How do they respond to losing on the road, but not to one of the top teams? I think they'll be fine. One more thing with Wright State that that to me is going to be a very interesting Friday night. This team has proven they're playing well. This team has proven they are on a path to finally make the NCAA tournament, how is their home crowd going to turn out? Will the students show up? Will alumni show up? Will this be better than it normally is? Will this team finally get rewarded for doing what everybody's asked them to do, and that's win games? Um, If they don't, they have nobody to blame but themselves. You could not blame Scott Nagy at that point period, if he took off. Um, so this weekend in the Gym City is going to be very interesting on two fronts, UDs and Wright State. Wright State's going to take on Detroit Mercy on Friday and tomorrow, which would be Tuesday the 23rd, Davidson comes in town, and that's the return of assistant coach uh, Kuwik. believe that's how you say it, Kuwik? That's correct. Uh, he was going to be the head coach at Wayne High School, and then took an assistant's job with the Davidson Wildcats. He's back at UD Arena tomorrow. So, 
We're talking Dayton. We're talking Wright State. I like to jump on Cincinnati College Hoops for a minute. But if you're on Twitter, which I know you're not, Mark, and I still think you should get on Twitter. because I have enough other cool. stuff going on. Twitter's pretty cool, man. Uh, there is a new account out there, and this is me taking a baseball bat to the hornet's nest I normally try to stay away from. You can follow this account at Gem City Jam. That's right, we're talking about the series in Dayton that hasn't played since December 1997. And I found this out a couple days ago, actually. They followed me back. And they're just a basketball fan. They want to see the rivalry come alive. and The time. best rivalry never to be played. Exactly. I mean, 5-3 to three series lead for the Flyers. I see both sides of the coin. I get it. But would I like to see it happen? Heck yes, as the there, announcer or broadcaster. There are but no yes. two sides to this coin. If they would have never played, it would be dumb enough that they haven't. But when you're five to three, obviously eight games have been played, and obviously there's not a blowout either way. There's only a two game difference. It's known, well known. Every excuse under the sun from UD has been used. Sure, Wright State is the one, in this case, the little guy trying to climb up the big guy's ladder. If it was reversed, it'd be the same thing. So for UD fans to scoff and look down their nose, whatever, that's a, that's a normal play. But if you're a true competitor, if you're not afraid of playing anybody and everybody, you play them. Yeah. You know what? Ric Flair's right. You want to beat the man? Beat the man. Now, has Wright State done anything to warrant, hey, you got to play us? Probably not. But those three wins tell me, yeah, they have. And one of the years they beat them at the arena, UD went on to a Sweet 16. So the nonsense of it's going to take away from the crowd, it's going to kill off this, that, or, no, it's not. All it's going to do is improve an already flaming rivalry. All it can do is just increase that value, that that TV value. Um, in a matter of a few years, this could be an ESPN national game. You know, you can't be afraid to play. Louisville, Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, on and on and on. There's only one side of this coin that's afraid to play the game, and it's not Wright State. I'm a UD former coach. I learned long ago, once a flyer, always a flyer. But I got to tell you, it embarrasses me that they won't play. They play in every oh, – well, they did until when women's basketball finally said enough of you too with Wright State. They're just getting even. The last, the last game, well. That series is a little more lopsided than the men's basketball. Well, it's like 36 there's a lot to 4 of, or something like that. But you have to keep playing. I mean, if you're going to play in every sport, play in every sport. Obviously, there's only one cash cow game with those two schools. But to keep making up nonsensical reasons about attendance and RPI, well, guess what? Your RPI, UD, your bind right state now, in case you didn't know it. Um, there's just no reason. And to hear the same old song, well, nobody in town's crying. Yeah, they are. And now all of a sudden, Joe Lenardi, his posted right state would be a 14 seed and UD would be out. Well, obviously, other people are noticing it. So to use that as an excuse doesn't fly either. Right um, state would be taken on Wichita which State. Is, if if it which... all worked out. But the point is, they'd be in, UD would be out. Now, there's a long road to go. Right state still got to win their conference tournament. They're not going to get in at large bid. To the NCAA, they could run the table. That might do it, actually. But 
likelihood isn't going to happen. Nah, I'd, um, I'd say win the tournament. You have to win the it. tournament. It's a one lead, one bid league right now. If you want, if you want to aim for the NIT or the smaller, then win the conference. That's all you do. You win the conference, don't win the tournament, you get an automatic to the NIT. So, one step at a time would be nice for Wright State, but at the same time, the, the ridiculous posturing, ignorant excuses. No, 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 no. That has to stop immediately. There's an article from Marcus Hartman of the Dayton Daily News and. Mark, if you haven't seen the picture of with this article, you have to come over. It posted a couple of days ago. All the 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 old Rice State gear is like it's so awesome. I wish they never got rid of the W. Well, and that's great for both school. I mean, for yeah. Rice State, obviously. But I mean, it's not hard to figure out. Yeah, UD is the one that's. They've got the history. They got the well, championships. They got the. They've got everything to lose. They say Rice State doesn't. I don't buy that. Uh, if you if you got beat by them in your own building, how many ever many years, many years it was ago? Again, it didn't hurt your attendance. It didn't hurt your record. It didn't hurt you going to Sweet Sixteens or Elite Eights. It's a simple game that will benefit the Dayton community and make basketball better in this town. Simple as that. It's nothing more than UD fans scoffing at it, looking down their nose and thinking they're entitled. Well, guess what? You're not. You're not. Maybe if you went to a Final Four or two yourself, then you got the right to take a leak down on the right state, but right now, you haven't. And the bottom line is you are afraid of losing your ground. Nothing more, nothing less. As a right state alum and current worker for right state and Dayton sports, you know, I try not to step on anyone's toes because I like working at both places. And both there's nothing wrong with that, but you cannot hide the facts. You can't put whipped cream on turds. That's all it is. Well, you could, but... No, that's what it is. This, no, is no, no. this is drug on so often... And it's the same tired excuses. Then it gets into RPI. Then it gets into attendance. Then it gets into what flavor you are. No. No, 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 no. Stop the nonsense. Tee it up. Let's see. So that's on Twitter. If anyone uh, would like to follow, again, Gym City Jam. Um, David uh, Jablonski on Twitter is the reason why I figured that out. And, yeah, they follow me right back and the podcast. So it was quite nice. And they're a basketball fan. They want to see Dayton and Wright State do well. It's just common sense. It helps the community. It helps the area. It's all UD, period. Let's talk about Cincinnati hoops because UC and Xavier, they are neck and neck in the rankings in the top ten, both for the Musketeers and the Bearcats. And Cincinnati just having their way in the American. And Xavier, that was a great comeback win at Seton Hall, a place that Xavier never won before. Right now the rankings – just released for this week. Xavier's at number eight behind West Virginia. The Musketeers are 18 and three. And right behind the Muskies are the Bearcats of UC at 17 and two in ninth place. And both Cincinnati and Xavier going up three spots from 11 and 12 precisely. So big things happening in Cincinnati hoops. And that could be one day here in Dayton. It'd take a while. Yeah. Cincinnati. They do this all the time, and then down the stretch they stumble. They get in the NCAA, stumble some more. Um, one year, you never know. It could be X and UC in the Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four. That'd be a great But skyline. look what it does for that city as far as college basketball. They're on national TV constantly. Um, sure, as a fan of one or the other, you don't like seeing the other one getting any publicity, but – it also helps your program. 
And that's where the people up here just seem to forget. You know, you can talk about Cincinnati and Xavier. They won't come up here and play. And you can't keep using, well, they don't want to get beat. Well, Cincinnati did a couple years back. I went to that game. When's the last time UD lost or beat Xavier at Xavier? Uh, I don't remember the year, but I think. Reagan was was president. It was Reagan, not Jimmy Carter? I think it was Reagan. It's been many, many moons ago. 1981. You know, it's been a long time ago. Yes, it has. So, now both UC and Xavier, I see Kentucky's out of the top 25 for the first time since, I think, 2014 today. Um, Basketball polls don't really excite me because you're going to get the chance to play it out anyway. And once you're in the dance, you're in the dance. That's all that matters. They're great talking pieces. They're great for sports conversations. Um, but I'll be one to bet Kentucky will be there before it's over. Yeah, I, I I think so too. I mean, Kentucky's 29th. That's how – that's 11 places that Kentucky dropped. They were well, at number 18. Nobody's paying Ohio State any mind. They're 8-0 in Big Ten. And 17-4 overall, 13th place behind Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, so if they're in right now, they're probably no less than a 4 or 5 seed. Um but you've got a long way to go yet, and yet it's just around the corner. This is where the teams like Dayton and Wright State have to find that extra gear. And if you're going to make a move, it better be right now. Yep. You can't stumble and fall away. You've got to get it right now. Let's swing over to women's hoops because we have great teams in the Dayton area, Wright State and Dayton being the two I'm talking about, along with the Sinclair Tartan Pride. I think they had a big game against Owens. Or was Owens or Edison? Well, oh. they played. They were back to back. I know that Owens oh. and end bulbs. I I know you like your light bulbs, but something happened at Wright State uh, for just the third time. Uh, Kim Demings, a former Richmond, Indiana Red Devil, she had her number retired. Third time or second time? I thought it was only the second. Well, technically, it's the second basketball jersey, but they also retired Ralph Underhill with his. Uh, what is it, 386 wins at Wright State? Very well-deserved honor. I'm surprised that there aren't more well, basketball jerseys, but that is very well-deserved because she's 34th in the entire NCAA in scoring. How many UD jerseys are retired? None. None. One. I think there's one technically. I can't remember who it is, but I think there's one. But the story for most people, which is very sad, and it takes away from Kim Deming's honor, one, it leaked out early. It was supposed to be a surprise yesterday when all the old alumni showed up, but somebody let it out. But the thing that kept hitting my page, and it's not the first time this has happened, the athletic director shows up looking more like a skateboarder, a college kid, or anything but a Division One college athletic director. I got pictures sent to me, um, blue gym shoes, maroon pants, a black hoodie, vest, no suit and tie, no sport coat, nothing that would make you go, oh, that's the athletic director. I'm sorry. That is embarrassing for the university. It's embarrassing for Kim Demings as an athlete to have your athletic director show up looking like a bowl of Neapolitan ice cream instead of an athletic director. Um, I know Bob. He always had treated me very well, but I'm sorry. I have to call it as I see it. 
this is not the first time he's come undressed for an event. There was a couple, I think, Fairborn nights a couple years ago. He showed up in a pair of sweatsuit or a sweatsuit and couldn't even go out on the floor to get the award. Wright State is battling enough image problems right now, financial problems. The last thing you need is the athletic director to show up looking like he's had to have a skateboard in his other hand. If I'm the new president, his phone should have been ringing before he got off the court. I'm sorry, Bob. I'm sorry, Wright State people, if you disagree. Image is a lot, especially at that level of sports. That was embarrassing and completely unprofessional. And that's all I got to say about that. So Demings, the first Raider to have her jersey retired for women's side, the second overall. Like I mentioned, from Richmond, Indiana. And my friend Jesus Jimenez had the article on Pal Item. Uh, met him during my internship with the Richmond River Rats. The Raiders lost that game to IUPUI, uh, 64-61. to That was a surprise, wasn't it? They don't IUPUI. lose. Ooey Pooey's okay, but... IUPUI's actually done very well in women's sports since coming over the horizon. I'm surprised at that score. I mean, volleyball, uh, women's basketball, It's it was the third mid-major team ranked in the Horizon League behind Wright State and UW-Green Bay. I mean, that's that's a big road win. They're fifth straight. It's a very the, big road win. For the Jaguars. Senior at Richmond, Demings averaged uh, nearly 20 points a game and 10.2 rebounds per game. Also a finalist for the Myron Barnes Athlete of the Year Award back in high school. And like I mentioned, 34th all-time in Division One history in NCAAs. That's amazing. And she's now an assistant coach on Wright State staff. She played a little pro ball overseas in Israel with, I hope I'm saying this right, Hey Paul, Zikron, Magagan, Michael team. That was interesting. That was interesting. There's a lot of cool names overseas, but there's also a lot of good money overseas basketball too. You see a lot of Raiders out there. Deshaun Woods. Wait, no, Deshaun Wood. Sorry. I can't believe I got that wrong. Well, Good thing there's editing. Deshaun Wood, Von Duggins, I think, went overseas. A.J. Packer. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. And there's Absolutely. good money to be made over there. I mean, no no question about it. Bill Ambeer played over there before coming back to the Pistons. There's a lot of guys that get their start over there. Absolutely. Very impressive. It is very impressive. It's great to see that, too. So that was a pretty cool honor. Like I mentioned, just two basketball jerseys retired, the other one being the great Bill Edwards. I think his son, Vince Edwards, is he with Purdue? I don't think that's where he started. I thought he went to Miami. I know he bounced around. I don't know where he is now. Man, I could. I wish we could talk to Coach Jim Brown and just talk about the Bill Edwards days because that, that was a lot Billy of doesn't get as much publicity around town as the old UD guys. Um, Billy was an excellent player. Absolutely. He should get a lot more discussion – then he does, and it's sad. I doubt that many of the alum, MSU or MSU, the Wright State alumni, even know who he is. That's a shame. I mean, it's a real shame. He was a good player. He's down the road from what Middletown, or no, that's too yeah, he's far. from he's is from Middletown? Middletown. Yeah, but it's a shame that his own alum probably couldn't pick him out. If there was a couple of statues, a couple of bronze statues, he had to make and put in front of another center to. Show off Wright State basketball history. Who are you picking and why, Mark? 
Ralph Underhill, first and foremost. Yeah. No are you, question about it. Are you taking him when he had the fro back in the 80s? Absolutely. Gives the birds <laughs> something more to sit on. <laughs> no, he would definitely be one. Um, Edwards, I think you have to give one to him. I'd say if if you're going player wise, yeah, yeah. I mean, players, um, coaches, people of importance in Wright State history. Those two right now, without question. Vitaly Poltapenko, I get no, no, no. I mean, no, probably. He, he wasn't there four years. He went to the NBA, but I mean, that's that's a big honor, though. It, it's a huge honor, but the first Raider drafted, I believe, in the NBA. No, Billy Edwards, I think, got drafted by the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Um. Statues, you just don't pass out. Ralph, Bill Edwards right now. John Ross would be attempting because he was the first coach. Um, I mean, if you really want to go back, as they say, back in the day. Um, but Ralph and, and Bill would be the two for sure. And then maybe you build from there. Uh, there's been a lot of good players come out of there, but those would be the two right now. And same question for UD and basketball Don May. Don May. Not even close. Don May would be the first. Don Donner. Granted, he's got a building with his name on it, but. What about Tom Blackburn? He's got I the think, court. I but. think you would have to put Tom Blackburn, Don Donner, Don May, no question. Um, you know, Henry Finkel, Donald Smith, Roosevelt Chapman's the all-time leading scorer, but. I was, I was going to say Chapman. He's still far behind. As far as the Don May status, um, you could probably load the parking lot with statues in all honesty, but... There's been a lot of great flyers. We mentioned oh, there's absolutely. a lot of great Raiders. There's a lot of great flyers. A, that's a very good question to ask, though. Who? Yeah, that's a very good question. That'd be mine. I would I'd like to know what the fans out there think. So if anyone wants to make a discussion on it, of course, Mark, I'll send you a link once this podcast I'll try to up. post it on the page. After we get done, because that's an interesting question. Actually, that's a very good question. I mean, um, I think we've be- done something similar to that before. Yeah, the Dayton Hall of Fame, like who would you put in? But this one, you have to think about the school you're picking. You know, Wright State, Dayton. I know Central State's had a lot of great athletes. Uh, Wilberforce, too. Well, and- Sinclair just started their Athletic Hall of Fame last year. Yeah, I, I think Sinclair. I, think I mean, that's a very good idea. Jeff has really got the right idea with that. I would think with Sinclair, it'd be a little tough since you can't have four-year athletes. You can only have two-year athletes. Um, but if you leave a mark like that on Sinclair, you definitely deserve a statue. The first two were coaches. I think the next two will be also. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to hold it to two people or more than that first this next one. But Kevin O'Neill, the basketball coach, obviously – um, Harry Tholen, um really put the baseball program on the map at Sinclair back in the mid-70s. Um, Norma Dykus, I'm sure, would be one that would have to be up there. Um, but, no, there's just as many people worthy of that honor at Sinclair as anywhere. Yeah. But that's a very good question as well. There's very lot, good question. There's a lot of great athletes around here in the Sunday area, and that's – that's been the purpose of my podcast. Talk about Dayton and Cincinnati sports. We got something on TV tonight Ooh. that wrestling fans are <clears throat> drooling. The 25th anniversary show of Monday Night Raws tonight. <clears throat> Supposedly bringing back a bunch of the old guys. Of course, that's all they bring back now anyway. 
But for anybody that's a wrestling fan, even I will watch it tonight because I know a lot of the old guys are coming back. And it's always good to see the old guys get celebrated. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much actual wrestling they'll do. But to me, it would be fun as a fan just to see the guys come back. Yeah. Um, so just keep that in mind. You might want to check that out. What uh, You said TV. What channel is it going to be? USA on? Network. I USA. think it's at 8 o'clock. Normally it might be 7 tonight. I don't know. But USA. Okay. Wicked Tuna is on all day today, too, on National Geographic. Wicked Tuna Marathon. It's Wicked Tuna. Creeping up quickly on February 1st when Swamp People makes their return. And oh, February is just a week or You'll so. You'll be hooked. Away. You'll be hooked. <laughs> I'm going to ask, well, something else is coming up that's kind of in the same lane as wrestling. I thought you were going to say in the same hook as Well, Wicked NASCAR Tuna. is coming up soon. Daytona 500 coming around the corner as well. I think it's the 18th or something of February. Danica finally gets a ride, not only in the Daytona, Daytona 500, Daytona. but also for the Indy 500. GoDaddy.com has ponied up the money for two cars. you got to wonder how much Aaron Rodgers and others did. But is Aaron, it is an it, Aaron Rodgers' car. I'd like to see that. that. Nice and green and gold. Yeah, green and gold. Is it right, though, that she gets a send-off she's getting for not winning? She's won one race in Japan. It was rain short, and I believe. I mean, I, I can think of a lot of other drivers that are probably a lot more worthy of that final ride for both. And all of a sudden, okay, she's done a lot for the sport, women, so forth, so on. But is it really warranted that she's getting, I mean, how funny, and it wouldn't be funny, but how comical would it be if she wrecks out in both races under 50 laps? What a fitting farewell. I mean, I haven't really followed NASCAR since Dale Earnhardt died. It's just... My once, parents watched it a lot. Once Jeffy Gordon retired, it was over. There is nobody left. Yeah. Nothing like the Intimidator. Nothing like the yeah, Intimidator. Until Jeffy basically was right on his bumper. You're mentioning Daytona 500, and next month starts college softball and college baseball, and we're quite fond of that. Me as a PA announcer, you as a lot the of former stuff, coach of the Flyers. A lot of stuff coming. Man, I can't, I can't wait. Spring I mean, training coming. And for you Wright State and Dayton fans, uh, the two squads do battle each other. And luckily, it's both at Wright State and Dayton, not in that order. Normally, it's at Dayton first and it goes to Wright State. Because it's a tradition that it used to be last week of quarters at Wright State. Then it was uh, semester, so it got moved up a little bit. But Wright State and Dayton, that's, you know, series belongs to the Raiders in baseball. Softball, I think it's... A little bit more Raiders, might be a little bit more Flyers. I know the players thoroughly enjoy playing against each other. Absolutely. I know the basketball players always enjoy playing against each other. And Wright State this year, they have a brand new softball coach coming over from Wittenberg University. Just a really? stone's throw. Yeah, just a stone's throw away from. Didn't they just get a new volleyball coach too? Yep, we're going to touch on that first. Allie Matters is your new Wright State volleyball coach. Tim Horsman still your volleyball coach at Dayton and. KC Gann is your Sinclair volleyball coach. But your softball coach for Wright State, I believe it's Laura Matthews. What happened to the one just there? She just replaced uh, Justine, Carrillo. Justine Wishman. Uh, well, actually it was supposed to be Ray Lozer out of uh, Division Two Charleston. Something happened, so Justine Wishman took over for the year, and she's now 
at Ottawa College in Arizona, I think. I think it's closer to her home. I'm not quite sure. But Laura Matthews, like I mentioned, comes over from Wittenberg U in Springfield. And she has former Raider softball player Jess Gorman and longtime assistant coach Dave Brittingham on her staff at Wright State. Definitely give softball and baseball teams a shot at Wright State and Dayton. Dave's a good, good man. He's been on the page a long time. He does D- a really good job. Dave Brittingham? Yes. Yeah. I mean, softball Wright State's been on the up and up. I mean, the former – you mentioned the former Raider coach, uh, Lynn Carrillo. She's now their alma mater at UIC. And the Raiders happen to take two or three from the Flames over at Wright State. So that was that was a big series win, too. That was a big Raiders. series for her. I know she looked forward to coming back, but – you're right. Baseball, softball in this area, because of the weather, predominantly they don't get near the attention they probably should. It is better baseball than your Dragons. Yeah, um, there's that one year where the Dragons hit 100 losses. I'm I'm thinking, could Wright State and Dayton beat these? Yes, dragons? they could. There's a reason kids are here for the Dragons. They're here for a reason. It's low A ball. They have a yeah. hole in their game somewhere. If they didn't, or they would improve, they'd be up and out of here within a week, two weeks, whatever. There's reasons kids are in low minors, and that's it. They have they need work. But, the yeah, UD and Wright State, and I put Sinclair in there too. They could give them game anytime. In case you're wondering, the softball season starts February the 9th, so that's a whole week before college baseball begins. And Wright State's that's actually – crazy. That is weird, isn't it? And this year, Wright State doesn't start in the south. It's at Rosemont, Illinois, so it has to be a dome of some sort. It's um, the Total Control Sports Invitational. It has to be. It, Rosemont, Illinois, sounds like they're playing indoor at the Rosemont Horizon. Might be. I. It doesn't say where. It's going to be colder there than it's going to be here. Yeah. That's why I looked and was like, wait, normally you start in, you know, like Florida or South Carolina or those places. We'll go to Dayton Flyers. They'll be at Charlotte, North Carolina for softball. And they actually start a week after Wright State starts their season, the same day that the Flyers baseball team starts their season. Like I said, come on out for the Flyers baseball and softball games. They're free. So literally park, watch where you park at Dayton's baseball field because you are subject to home run balls going and through your windshield. Balls. Yeah, foul balls. Yeah. They get out of the ballpark down the line, you're right in target, right in right in line with them. So watch where you park, but come on out. It's free. They're good kids. There's a lot of local kids, too, on this year's squads. Support Flyers and Raiders baseball. And it's cheap to get into Wright State baseball and softball. I think it's like 5 bucks for non-students. And students, you get in for free. Just flash that right one card, and there you go. You're in. Go had, out and see your teams. I had people ask me a lot lately about the NBA and the Cavs and the sky's falling and this and that. Yeah. Um, I'm curious as to why the NBA is played and refereed in such a different fashion than the college game. Now, I understand they're bigger and all that stuff, but the college basketball game is one of the the best things to watch. Obviously, the March Madness is. So why... Is it why is the NBA refereed and changed so much to let guys run and walk and travel and you know turn it into a football game? Why why does that have to be that way? I, don't know. I think that's where a lot of the fans lose it. 
And I've seen a lot of the reasons, well, it's entertainment. Well, yeah, so is my dancing, but I can't do it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand why. We'll get B-Man to give you lessons. Well, why do they want to allow guys to take six steps when it's an obvious travel? I feel, I feel like the NBA thinks more points equals more eyes on it type of thing. Well, these I guys mean, are that good. They're going to get more points. Yeah. Um, I just never have understood why, why they think, to officiate it differently helps because it doesn't. It does nothing but hurt the game. Um, a lot of people have written, oh, you don't cover NBA enough. Yeah, we cover it plenty. Wake me up in June when the playoffs start. Right now, you can set your clock by the LeBrons getting ready to leave Cleveland articles. The Cavaliers stink. They can't play defense. Tyrone lose a horrible coach. Yeah. These Just give it fired. another week or two, and the Cavs will start running off wins, and everything's fine. For me – Derrick Rose was a mistake. Isaiah Thomas is still a mistake. Um, Kevin Love, we don't know. He's he's a good player, but we don't know. I mean, um, but it's it's that typical NBA time of the year where, blah, you know, it's just kind of well, here it is. Unless you're really invested into it, can we talk about the Pacers sweeping the San Antonio Spurs on the season? That's pretty big. That's very large. That's the team I focus more on than Cleveland because I feel like if my pop and I were talking about basketball, we'd always talk about the Pacers because pop was a good man. He always had the Cincinnati Reds on uh, radio, which, by the way, yesterday was 31 years ago. Correct. Where Marty Brenneman was hired to take over for Al Michaels as the radio play-by-play voice of the Reds. I remember it was that year, but I didn't know he was only 31. I don't know. I thought he was more like 34, 35. It gives me hope. I mean, I'm only about a year and a half away from 31. So You never give up hope. No. Never I mean, give up hope. I'm feeling fairly confident this year type of thing. I mean, life's good. Life's good, you know. I got Mark Schlemmer talking sports with me on the 24th episode of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, we have not even hit an hour. It's 50 minutes. You're a hockey aficionado. You bet I am. What do you make of the Las Vegas Golden Showers, I mean Golden Knights, in the NHL? One of their... Well, the first thing I'm not touching on, but the Golden Knights, that's... One of their front office operatives is on our page, Jim Frivola. I mean, I think, think it's a what... remarkable just story. Think of what... Vegas has done the first year of operation. I mean, is it easier to play an expansion season as a hockey team as opposed to football and baseball and basketball? It seems like they had a pretty good expansion draft, which yeah. obviously got out the players. But I mean, it all they got starts, the best record in the NHL. I mean, they took Pittsburgh's goalie away, and you see how the Penguins are doing this year. It's it's not pretty, and just I mean, you take some of the best. Panthers out there, uh, Marchy and Gallant, 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 Gallant. Gallant. I know that. That's Ugh. that's hockey talk. You know, organization will tell you that. Gallant is the head coach, former Columbus Blue Jackets coach, former Red Wing guy too. I mean, just what Gallant has done with Vegas and what the front office has done—it's. It's remarkable. Hat, I mean, tip, hat tip to Vegas. Now, can they keep the train rolling through the end of the year? We'll see. But for now, they got to be the story of the NHL. Columbus, I think the last I noticed, they were fifth they're, or sixth? They're third the, the last time I checked in the East. Let's pull that up now. I think they're third right now, meaning if the season ended today, they're in the playoffs. How about the Winnipeg Jets, though? I mean, 
I'm happy for them. Yeah, third in the Metropolitan, and that would be a record of 26-18-3. Wins, losses, overtime losses for 55 points, one behind New Jersey and six behind the Washington Capitals. Yeah, they do it by points, so that that whole thing is hard for people to understand. It's not just wins, losses, and ties and all that. Wins and OTs get you certain points, losses you don't get. You know, you don't get anything. Goal differential, it's not bad for Columbus. It's negative four, which is 126 goals scored against 130 given up. It's not terrible. That's hockey talk. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know me. Uh, Buffalo is the worst team in the East. They are 11-26-9 for 31 points, and their goal differential is the worst in the East at negative 59. 162 goals given up, although that's the same Sabres team that did beat Columbus 3-1. to one. And just to look in the West, Vegas with 66 points leading the West and the Pacific over San Jose and Calgary. Winnipeg, my Jets, 28-13-7, a goal differential plus 28. It's nice to see Winnipeg actually kicking some hockey butt over Nashville and St. Louis, by the way. Your as wild a, cards are as a hockey aficionado, do you agree with how many teams make the postseason, or is it too many in your mind? Eight's a fair number. I feel like eight's a fair eight. number. Eight? Well, 16, How many make eight. it now? About 108? Everybody no. but eight. No, no, no. It's 16 total. You have your three best in your divisions, Metro, Atlantic, and then you have your two wild well, Start cards. the other way. How many don't make it? Six? Uh, let's see. There's eight, and then another eight for the West. That would be, wait, no, seven. That's 15. That don't make it. But majority of the league makes it. It's like the NBA. Yeah. Now, I know the playoffs are the greatest time there is, but absolutely, you're rewarding failure. You're, you're, I wouldn't say failure. I mean, if you're rewarding failure, then in go the Arizona Coyotes, who are 11-28-9 and not great. But you still let move. teams in that may not belong in. I mean... Keeps fans' interest, I guess. Your last wild card spot in the West is Colorado, 55 points, and there is a logjam of 55-point teams, Los Angeles and Minnesota being the two in the West. And out in the East, you got Philadelphia and the Rangers, 54-53. Right now, Pittsburgh's looking, you know, outside with the Islanders not too far behind. Carolina is actually not doing too bad as well. What's happened to Detroit, though? Just, whew. Last year was the first year in about 25 seasons that the Wings didn't make the playoffs, and they're third to last in the East. Do you get to go up to many Blue Jackets games yourself? No. uh, The last one I went to, what was it, two years ago when the Blue Jackets had that awful regular season, but they beat Nashville 7-1. That was the last game I've been at. I don't get to listen to many Blue Jackets games. Uh, Who's even got them on around here now? Or does anybody? I don't think 1410 has them anymore, which is a shame. Someone pick up the Blue Jackets game so I can listen to them locally, please. Somebody's got to have them around here. I listen to more Jets games, but I just haven't had a lot of time listening to NHL games lately. Yeah, well, I mean, considering your schedule is busier than Wiley Coyote himself. I have every weekend booked until, what? the end of college baseball and softball season. Keeps you which out of trouble. Is June. Yes, it does keep me out of trouble, but whew, I'm tired. But like I said, it's a good life. So I'm going to swing it from NHL down to high school because that's my cream of the crop. I broadcast for Centerville Elks and Springboro Panthers, as you might know. 
And hopefully next week I might be taking a ride with the Beaver Creek Beavers to Nationwide Arena as they'll take on Gahanna Lincoln to play where the Blue Jackets play, not the side rink, the main rink. I'm crossing my fingers hopefully that happens, but we'll see how that goes. Centerville comes in 12-11-3 on the year, just getting back from Sports Plus last night. Uh, the Elks won 5-1. to one. Evan Filippa with a hat trick. And that was the first time I've ever been in Sports Plus. You know what's interesting about Sports Plus, Mark? What's that? Two things. Uh, the neon fireworks, which I asked you about. and you I said saw you that saw... picture. I was like, what <laughs> is that? Oh, cosmic bowling. Oh, no. That's, that's the USA rink. Uh, there's two rinks at Sports Plus. And the Canada rink is the one that isn't painted, and you can see, you know, events and everything but two rinks i mean that's three four five in cincinnati if i'm not forgetting a rink northland sports plus u.s bank but i don't think the u.s banks really used by the high school teams except like once a year it was moeller and st x and indian hill but i think it's mainly just for indian hills winter club you have to have a membership to play there or go there i think and dayton there's not a lot of ice left uh south metro sports if you want to go back and listen to my podcast on episode 18 uh the owner is talking about it in the second rink of ice kettering's got one sheet springfield has one sheet and really if you go north your next sheet of ice is finley we still have an empty sheet of ice at hair arena yeah, i'm yeah. just surprised nobody has I, come up with an idea how to save that if for nothing else, because of the need of ice, not just for the schools, but for the old old people's leagues. There's a lot of people on our page that seem to be playing hockey still. Mm-hmm. I they mean, probably walk for a week, but when I when I got back from Cincinnati, there was an adult game going on at South Metro Sports. It looked like they were having a lot of fun. You brought up a good point. We talked about this earlier. The equipment you would need a Zamboni, the the Zamboni to cut Everything the ice. Comes with it. You should have a second Zamboni because the first one goes down. Because if the first one goes down, you can't fix it. No more hockey. Full stop. You got to have the equipment to cool the ice. And then there's individual hockey gear. Goalies, they're mostly gear. They're mostly gear. And hockey players, you know, your sticks, they break sometimes. It's, it's What's a hockey fun. stick cost these days? Well, at Sports Plus, uh, the sticks they had on sale, I think I saw around two twenty-five. It just depends on the model. Twenty-five, two twenty-five. That's what I thought you said. Yeah, are I mean, they aluminum? Uh, they're carbon. It's uh, kind of a cheap substance. I remember the voice of the Watertown Privateers going on air and actually saying, "Those carbon sticks are crap." I would. They break like a ball bat, though. Probably. I mean, if if you bend them a lot, yes. If you if you don't make great contact with the puck, your head might fly off. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh here. No, I mean, I know what you're talking about. And if you don't, you probably splinter your a wooden stick pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, you don't see a lot of wooden sticks, if at all, because they're, they're pricey. My pop actually left behind a wooden stick when the pond behind the farm would freeze. He would go up there and play pond hockey. It was, it was cool. It was really, really cool. It's it's hanging over the living room, and I miss Pop. I, I would I, imagine. I, I wonder, I do wonder sometimes, you know, if Pop was still alive, how much sports we'd be talking, and would he like the podcast if he could even 
get it. Oh, I'm sure he would. I'm quite sure he would. He might be giving you some critique you're not expecting, but no, I'm quite sure he would. <laughs> I I wish I could have Pop on an episode of my podcast. That would have been pretty That cool. would have been fun. <laughs> I miss my Pop and my Nana, but I'm sorry. I didn't mention the uh, final scores of the Centerville MLK tourney last week. It was finalized at one night games on Monday, and I also like to hit up on the final scores of Fly to the Hoop, too. So, Centerville finished third in their own tournament behind Northern Kentucky and Jackson. Jackson sweeping the whole field going 4-0. If you don't know about Jackson, Northern Kentucky, great clubs, not affiliated with high schools, meaning you don't have to live in that district to play. If your school district doesn't have hockey, you can go play for them if you want type of thing. Northern Kentucky, just over the river, have a lot of good Cincinnati kids, a lot of nice fans, a lot of fans always, you know, come by after the broadcast and just love the stuff. That I do. Uh, Jackson coming from the Canton area. Massillon Jackson, the Polar Bears. Centerville uh, finished third. They fell to NKY for the last game, 3-1, to one, and Elder, 5-4. That was a real good game. Elder is probably, I'm going to say it's the best team in high schools. Not counting clubs. In high schools, Elder Panthers are the team to beat. They're 11-0 in conference play. Centerville beat Lexington, the Thoroughbreds, 8-1, to and then the Elks beat Troy to start off the tournament, 4-3. to Troy finished 6th place last behind Lexington and Elder and Centerville. That's your look at the last big tournament until we hit uh, conference play on the 9th of February. And if you like to see Centerville Elks hockey, uh, you can watch the YouTube streams with me on the Centerville Elks, Centerville Elks hockey channel or... Come out to South Metro. There's four home games left and one road game at Kettering against Alter. Looking forward to that because we get to go in the crow's nest and you're literally on top of the ice. Last night at Sports Plus, again in the Canada rink, we had our booth next to the Swords bench and penalty box. And I'm, you know, I'm still alive. I didn't say anything that angered the Swords bench. And, you know. Probably they... a wise decision. <laughs> I tell you, those that Swords team... They had a lot of big boys. They were a big team and pretty good team, too. I, I think the Elks played phenomenal in that game. Do a lot of kids plan to get scholarships for hockey? No. Um, and that's mainly because you don't have a lot of varsity hockey programs around here. Your two closest is Miami and Ohio State, which I should talk more about. Well, where do the kids – I mean, how do they get noticed? They do get noticed. Uh, there are a lot of club hockey teams, which are teams that aren't affiliated with the athletic department, but they're part of the college, and they have to pay their own dues, and it's not cheap. Right, State and Dayton have great clubs. Uh, the Raiders actually winning a national title in Division Three a couple years back. The banner still hangs at the Nutter Center. If you look towards the wall with all the Horizon League teams on it, if you look at the catwalk in front, you're looking towards the ceiling. Towards the right, where the Dayton Bombers banners used to be, that hockey banner's still hanging up there. It, it's quite amazing to see that's still up there, and I'm happy that it is. Uh, well, you got a ring for announcing hockey championship for what? Dayton Demons, yep. That was the 2013-14 season with head coach Trevor Karazowicz. I could spend a whole episode just talking about that season or just being part of the Demons and Demolition. It was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, that was also the year that uh, Jesse Felton got 
kicked away, kicked out of the league, and the guy that actually pulled the beer out of his sock and opened it on Hair Arena ice, he got banned permanently from the Federal Hockey League. I remember that because the GM pulled me to the office next game and didn't like what I said about that because I said their friendship is pretty awesome. I mean, you have to know those two guys because Felton always had a smile on his face, and Punerary was probably the delight personality-wise in the FHL. Just You couldn't catch the guy frowning if you tried. It was... Uh, that, well, minor that was, league, any any sport minor league, you get some colorful characters, and yeah. that's what adds to the league. Yeah, I mean, I know it wasn't the type of hockey that you got from the Bombers and Gems 2.0 or the Gems 1.0, let's be honest. But at the same time, you still were part of a hockey family, and that's that's why I enjoyed about it. That and I got to broadcast hockey at Hare Arena, so I felt like, you know, a big shot, even though I'm not, so... I don't know. If you, I don't think we touched on it. The Arizona Cardinals named a new head football coach today. Uh, Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes. Yep. Um, I think he was a coordinator, D coordinator for Carolina. Yep. Team that needed an offensive coach, so we go get a defensive coordinator. That makes sense. I mean, that is a pretty nice looking job, though. I mean, Fitzgerald, like Fitzgerald. Well, if if Fitzgerald hangs around, he may want to get out of there now that they don't have a quarterback, they don't have a coach. He oh, may yeah, decide to send me to Minnesota. Oh, yeah, Palmer did retire. I forgot about that. You know, he but might want to go right back to Minnesota. David Johnson's um, coming back, though. If he's going to be healthy. I mean, I think he will be, but... There'll be a lot of moving parts you can know coming in the very near future in the next few weeks. Jumping quickly back into high school hockey real quick, I failed to mention anything about Springboro. They're a good team. They are currently 13-8-4. Doing this all in my head. They lost at Olentangy, which is a tough place to play, the Chiller North. Which, by the way, Mark, Chiller North's getting a third sheet of ice. That's uh, Lewis Center. That's on 23 North of Columbus. But they're getting a third sheet of ice. And Columbus is also getting the Viking Center on Sawmill, which is another sheet of ice. Supply and demand. Northern, Northern Columbus, I mean, it's hockey world. South Columbus, though, <laughs> You're driving a while. Well, but you also have the Blue Jackets to kind of help spur that along. Where down here yep. you have nothing. Yeah, pretty much. But it's it's great to see that Central Ohio hockey is growing, and I hope the effect washes over to Southwest Ohio. I think it could work here again. It just got to find the right place and the right the right niche of people to to enjoy it. That's the problem. West Carrollton bought up that plaza where Roberts used to be, and they're going to tear it down, from what I understand. But they were already trying to tear that down long ago. Yeah, but the DMV's still there, so they can stay there until June unless both sides you know, agree they can leave. I always thought that West Carrollton wouldn't be a bad place for a rink. I mean, they were talking about how it's going to be like Allen, Texas's uh, rink for the Americans, so it seats about, what, 5,000 or so? As long as you find open space and you build it, the people will show up. I still hope that the excuse me, the second sheet of ice is built at South Metro. And I, I kind of wish that Miamisburg would look into hockey. I mean, it's just down the road on Miamisburg Springboro. I mean, well, they've got so many other problems that they don't really they don't look outside the box for another income. 
Like you said, look how many people are looking for a sheet of ice to play on. I mean, that's easy income right there. Dayton Youth Association, you see all the teams that the Stealth have. I mean, that's they, easy, easy money. They just don't seem to buy into it for whatever reason. I know it's expensive to run a hockey rink. I know that. But I you're going to get the money back if you run it the right way. If, if this does happen, if the city of West Carrollton runs the rink like the citizens of WC actually pay the taxes going into it, that's self-sufficient. That's what the Kettering Ice Arena is. The Kettering citizens pay tax into that. It goes there. Hopefully they'll have enough money to upgrade their stuff that they need because it's long time coming. But I like to see hockey grow here. I like to see... I wish we could steal the Guggen Arena and bring it closer here so we can have a team again. That You ever been there, Mark? No. Oh, that's a beautiful hockey rink. I mean, the Red Hawks have done it right up there. I mean, two sheets of ice, one big one for the Red Hawks, and they have a one behind. Last year when Talawanda hosted Centerville, I got to go. They had two Zambonis on the ice. Tell me a time where you've seen that. If you're going to build it, you might as well build it right. They had a Taco Bell Zamboni, too. That was really cool. But, yeah, I, like I said, I like hockey. I don't think anyone that follows me knew that, but there you go. A little bit more about me. Well, people need to know that. Yeah. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback ever now? Uh, I think if he wins the sixth ring, yes. I don't know if it's going to take six, but I think it's hard to say who's best of all time because of the different eras. Players, I mean, but if you're going to go on numbers alone, it's going to be awful hard to say no. Yeah. I I, I like the Patriots and Brady. I followed them since uh, 2005 when they beat Philadelphia because I want to see Atlanta uh, into it. That's when I was starting in sports, and I've followed the Patriots since. So I'm just surprised that he is so, he, so good still at the age he's at. He, he's it almost feels like he's getting better as he ages type of thing. It appears that way. Do they protect him a little bit? Probably. Um, but you still have to be able to throw the ball in the right spots. I mean, and he has not had a receiver beside Randy Moss one year. You could go, well, Gronkowski now. But for him to do what he did yesterday without Gronk for the most of the second half, it's hard to argue with the guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He'd have to be in the top three. Yeah, I mean, if the young fans didn't get to catch Montana back then. I mean, he would be two. Yeah. Montana, Brady, you know, you can you know, make Star, the argument. Marino. Star, yeah. Um, Brady's got the rings. Yeah. It's hard to say no. And if he wins Super Bowl 52, got another one. that ties Pittsburgh. Patriots and Steelers combined for 12. I don't know. That's That's been a, a hotly debated topic on my page the last day or two. I've seen Is some, he the best? I've, well, maybe. I've seen some commenters saying that they're not going to watch it just because the Cheatriots, you know. I've seen I, that. I'm rolling I've my eyes. I've read that. I'm not watching. I'm not doing it, but yet they know everything about it. I'm not watching. I'm listening to it. If I have a radio by me, I want to listen to it. But you're paying game. attention to it. Yes. Unlike I'm, the people on the page go, I'm not watching because... If they cheat, I'm, I, I shake my head at that, but you know what? I'm going to pay attention to it. Now the one still picture yesterday, the first touchdown, the Patriots, you got the ref in the middle of the, the pile laughing, 
So it made it look like he was rooting with the Patriots. I don't think that's what it was. There was there was a fight starting. He got it separated, and I think he was laughing about it. Nothing more. If you're going to fix a game, it's too obvious to me. It's way too easy. Way that's, too easy. Exactly. Um, but if you're not a fan, you got to big something up. Mark, we talked about the Wright State and Dayton rivalry. Let's talk about another great rivalry, probably the greatest in the area for college, Central State and Wilberforce. You mean the one they just had the big brawl? They did. Sure did. The other night after Wilberforce upset Central, at Central, oh, cops, chaos was the headlines. I, I saw it on the news. There was cops everywhere. I didn't see that. Yep. But I did see Wilberforce beat they upset Central them. State. And uh, Channel eight. 7 or 2 or both of them had chaos and cops. I'm looking this up because that is Basket brawl. I like Central State and Wilberforce. I, I was the voice of Marauders basketball for a season on OSRN, and it's a lot of fun. Beacon Lewis is beautiful, especially when the marching Marauders are up there. Oh, they no, they'll get, get it going. Oh, that's a loud place. That's, uh, like I said, I like Beacon Lewis. Yeah. How did I not see this? Three days ago. Uh, sure was. Dayton Daily News from Richard Wilson. Fight breaks out following Wilberforce upset victory over Central State. I mean, Central State this year, the basketball team, kind of struggling in the SIAC. Talented team. If you don't know, Central State actually stemmed off of Wilberforce. So Not long ago. Yes. Yes, indeedy. I mean, that's a nice area. North, is that northeast Green County, technically? It's northeast of Xenia, I know. but Yeah, it's up 42. It's uh, by Cedarville, again, another great... Right across the street from each other, if I remember right. Yeah. It makes it easier to fight that way. There is literally, there's literally a speedway in the middle of Wilberforce and Central State that splits up the two. And like I said, that used to be Wilberforce's campus. I, I have Central State's radio station on most of the time because I do like jazz music. It is it is pretty nice to listen to in the car. No, I didn't even see the fight. And the only reason I knew about because I saw the news. Uh... I haven't watched the news on TV. I just see it on Twitter type of thing. They're definitely active today. Man. That is a good win for Wilberforce on the women's side of things. Central State, the Marauders are having quite the year. 9-1 and one in SIAC play. The Central State Marauders took down Wilberforce in the women's side of things, 72-56. And these two squads will meet at Central State on the 4th of February. And nobody knows it. That's a, that's the amazing thing. Nobody really even when Central was good in football, nobody yeah. really knew it. It's it's a shame too because like I mentioned, I know Wilberforce was in danger of closing and now they're down to I think what, two sports, basketball, maybe golf, and used to be Wilberforce had everything. I didn't know they had golf. I think they have golf. They have a second sport, but that was the first win. If you go back to, if you go back to the seventies when Wright State soccer team, which by the way, there's a news point I'll have to share. That was the first win the Raiders recorded. It was against Wilberforce. Wilberforce used to have all the sports, and now they have. Well, I'm wrong. Basketball, cross country, and golf. So there's technically six total, three for each uh, gender. And if I remember right, Aisha Gray, former Wright State Raider, is leading the Wilberforce Bulldogs women's basketball squad. And no, I it's think as, that's right. 
It says Derek Williams, head coach, 20th season. I know the 20th season's not right, but that's weird. I wonder what happened to Aisha Gray. Anyway, uh, Wilberforce 6-8 after the loss, 1-0 in conference play. This is all from WilberforceAthletics.com. The Bulldogs in the NAIA and the Central State Marauders, Division Two in the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. Their closest rival is Kentucky State, which that's a great rivalry too. Thoroughbreds slash Thoroughbreds against the Marauders. I kind of wish that Central State would stay in the GMAC, though, because that's local Division II schools. Your closest what other teams are in that? In the GMAC? Kentucky Wesleyan still in there? I think so. I'll look that I up. I know they used to be a powerhouse. I don't know what if they're even in a conference anymore. That Wright State, that Wright State basketball history, when they're talking about that was the greatest, greatest rivalry when the Raiders were in D2? Man, I mean... Seton Hill, Willing, Jesuit, Tiffin is going to be a future member. That's big. Uh, Ohio Dominican from Columbus is in the Great Midwest Athletic Conference. Ohio Valley, they're in West Virginia. Trevecca in Nashville, Tennessee. They're in Tennessee. Ursuline, which is near Cleveland. It's a women's only college. Walsh, uh, Malone, going back the other way. Lake Erie Storm. They're a pretty good school. Kentucky Wesleyan is in. They are in there. Yep. Uh, we also have Hillsdale, Finley Oilers, Davis and Elkins, which actually sent me a lot of stuff when I was I believe Jeff Price's wife used to be the president here. At Davis and Elkins? Mm-hmm. Neat. Believe so. You got Alderson, Broadus, and Cedarville. Like I said, I know Central State doesn't have a lot of sports. They have 12, and... You know, there's football, basketball, the big ones at CSU. No baseball, no softball. Uh, I think your only spring sports are track and field at Central, if I'm remembering right. But I like the Great Midwest Athletic Conference because all those schools, you're talking Ohio down to West Virginia. Travel's not bad. No, and that's the idea, to try to keep it somewhat close. And the the SIAC... You're going as far south as Atlanta, I believe, Mississippi. I mean, I know that it's mostly historically black colleges and universities in the SIAC. And, you know, Central State happens to be an HBCU, which, you know, if helps you're trying to save in, money on a school, that's, travel's not going to help you. Travel isn't. No, that's the thing. Kind of defeats the purpose. But there you go, uh, Central State Wilberforce, great series, great rivalry, and that's going to happen again February fourth. I'm still, I'm still upset. I didn't, I didn't a hear about the fight and that the fight actually good happened. Good enough to make the news. Yeah, it's on Dayton Daily News by Richard Wilson. I see a clip of Channel Seven talking about it, but that's for another time. You can go look at that yourself. That's not for this podcast. Again, join with Mark Schlemmer, episode 24 of The Gem of the Queen's Crown. This is Lee W. Mowen, and having a great time. Always love having Mark on the podcast just to pick his brain for sports. This man knows what he talks about, and he's a great host. He's a great co-host on my podcast. You're doing all the work. Yeah, you, you talk a lot, and I kind of just, you know, I guess I talk a lot too, I added. But, you know, you you do 50-50 with me here. We about at the two-hour limit. Nope, hour 20 on the recording. 
Wow, I yeah. thought we were flying by. We might actually have a short one today since I got stuff I got to do. Well, exactly. Uh, how about them Dragons announcing their 2018 coaching staff? The roster has all the, the entire organization did, all the Reds coaching staff. Deliner DeShields is now a bunning coordinator. He's, I, I didn't mean, really get that one. Yeah. I mean, Pat Kelly, he's done some great work at Pensacola, and hopefully that translates to a good AAA season in Louisville. But I don't know. I don't know how it works. I, I just run the scoreboard of the Dragons. That's all I do. Well, th- there's a lot of turnover. For every organization, it just it just looked funny when I saw it. Why Delano goes from a manager to a bunning coordinator? I saw that Pat Kelly got the Louisville he got job the Louisville first, job. and then I'm like, "Where's the Shields? Where's he going? He's a former manager of Dayton Dragon himself. Now he's going to be a roving instructor along with Billy Larkin too." So yeah, you're, I didn't really get that. Yeah, I, I I'm not in with the Reds, so I don't know. But I'll tell you about who's coaching for the Dragons. It's nearly the same squad. Luis Bolivar, who became a citizen of the United States late last season, he'll be back for season number two as Dayton's manager. He got the Dragons to a 71-69 overall record. His first half was a lot better than the second half, going 41-29. Once the best record in the Midwest League and minor league baseball, actually. Second Half kind of took a nosedive, but right the ship, and the Dragons got to the semifinals. And they lost in three to Fort Wayne, which, you know. Yeah, they finally got to the playoffs. Yeah, got to the playoffs. One, won their first battle. Two, I mean, Fort Wayne caught fire in that second half. There's no doubt about it. I wish that the Dragons would defend their home field to take that series against Fort Wayne, but it didn't happen. The 10 caps of Fort Wayne, by the way, fell in the championship series against Quad Cities. Who, by Just the way, to get the Dragons into playoffs is a pretty good step yep. for the people around here. Absolutely. I mean, great team. Like I said, 71-69 record. A lot better than, what, the 97 losses the year before. And Bolivar played in the, actually, previous Hitting coach, 2014 through 2016. Also played for the Dragons in twenty, in 2003 and 2004, where he batted 233 with 13 home runs, 66 RBIs, and stole 37 bases. Darrell Ward's back as the hitting coach. Kevin Mahar is your bench coach again. And the pitching coach for the Dragons last year, and Darren Ebert, he is now with Billings. So he goes to rookie ball where they start a That's little a grand bit later. play. He's got to Billings. Yeah, Montana. Lots Here's of country. Here's your reward. Out there. Go to Billings. So the new pitching coach for the Dragons is Seth Etherton, and he Former served big leaguer. Yep, and he served as Billings pitching coach last season or the past two seasons. He had a 14-year playing career with 23 MLB starts and one inning rehab appearance with the Dragons back in 2002. So that's your coaching staff for the Dayton Dragons. Luis Bolivar, the manager. Hitting coach Daryl Ward, bench coach Kevin Mahar, pitching coach Seth Atherton. Is it Etherton? No, it's Probably. Atherton. It's the first one? Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, Hunter Green is supposedly going to be a dragon. That will be interesting to see. Also, Jeter Downs, who is named after Derek Jeter. He's a shortstop. And Stuart Fairchild, who was picked up in the draft by the uh, from Wake Forest. 
he is expected to be part of the Dragons. But the roster isn't finalized yet. That'll happen a little bit later. Former Green will wave as he passes through Dayton. Yeah. Don't I, look for him to hang around. I'm not expecting him full season. Maybe Full season? I'd be shocked if he's here two weeks. Uh, two weeks. I give him. Two starts. Two starts? Two starts. He'll be in double A. Or whatever the next higher A is. Advanced A in Daytona. Yeah, so. Dayton A. He's going to put an A on the end of his jersey. It'll be interesting to see this team. It'll be interesting to see if how. If you're any good, you don't stay in Dayton for two weeks. Fair enough. Mark, what else you got for me over there? I got some. I got another thing that Fire I Fire away. I'm pretty much out. Actually, I got two things. I lied, and they're both uh, for Wright State fans. So Saturday is the last swimming home swimming match of the swimming and diving program. It's something that has kind of made me sad. It's been my winter sport for Wright State. There's not a lot of home matches to call, but swimming and diving is a lot of fun. And you might think, oh, all they do is just race back and forth in their tubes type of thing. No, it it takes a lot of it takes a lot people of people like ability. watching the Olympic swimming. Yeah, so it can't be all bad. It's it's a lot of fun. It's free to come out, and it's free parking at Wright State. It's in the student union at the Wright State Natatorium, and the Xavier Musketeers will be in. And it starts at 11 a.m., and I'll be the PA announcer for that match. It'll also be senior day. I wonder if that will be covered on the local news. I hope. It better be. You wouldn't want to bet on it, would you? No. I, I don't have money to bet, let's be honest. But... It should be because Wright State swimming and diving is one of the most successful sports on campus. It's the only sport that's played where, you know, most of the students are. All the other sports are played on the eastern side of the campus. You know, Nutter Center, Nishwitz Stadium, the softball field, Alumni Stadium. The tennis courts are by Nishwitz, too. I mean... If you live in Hamilton Hall, which is mainly for underclassmen, you can just literally walk. You spend a couple seconds outside. You walk and you watch it. There you go. So the students will show up for swimming, but they don't show up for basketball. Um, well, uh, I mean, the Army ROTC shows up, and it's because they're often out there to you know, sing the national anthem. And they like seeing girls in swimming suits. Well, Coach Oaks, the last few years, always invited the ROTC out, and they always had awards the last match of the season. Like I mentioned, last home match ever for Wright State Swimming. Please come out. You can wave to me if you want. You can, you know, say you suck, I guess. I don't know. But that's at 11 a.m. Saturday, January 27th. Again, Student Union, Wright State Natatorium. It'll be against the Xavier Musketeers. And then the Raiders, about a month from now, will be in the Horizon League Championships in Cleveland, Ohio. So, root on for the Raiders swimming. And now on a happier side of things, it, it does make me sad that swimming and diving is going away. Because that's, you like I a mentioned, lot of alumni. I know. I mean, I know it's a touchy subject. Yeah, but and, they fought to keep it alive, and now they're being told you're not going to fight to keep it alive no matter what. We got the one season down, and I I can't really 
talk too much about it because, you know, with my job at Wright State, I, I love my job at Wright State. I love being an alum behind the mic and seeing Raiders play sports and getting paid for it. I love that. I mean, I'm not going to rock the boat on that. I know it's tough for the people that work in the athletics department. I've talked to them. It it sucks all the way around. So I'm not going to stir the hornet's nest on that, but what I will tell you is Wright State Raiders men's soccer has another one in the MLS. In the Super Draft, A.J. Patterson was picked up by New York City FC, the team that plays at Yankee Stadium. I saw that the other day. You got, what, the second round? Yeah, second round of the Super Draft. That's, you get drafted, that's not bad. You get drafted, yeah. I mean, Wright State's men's soccer has been really strong under head coach Brian Davis. It's a lot of fun to see. The Raiders are quite strong offensively, and A.J. Patterson was probably the best midfielder that the Raiders had. I remember the game against Cincinnati. He scored three out of the four goals, and the Raiders beat the Bearcats 4-2. It was a lot of fun. So, Patterson chosen in the second round by NYCFC. I know last year that Jake Stovall and Peggy Nagacha were picked. Peggy Nagacha ended up playing for the Cincinnati Dutch Lions. And I'm not sure where he is right now. Stovall was picked by the Seattle Sounders. And I think he went to play in Puerto Rico. As long as they pay you to play, it's yeah. a good thing. Absolutely. And that also... Marks with long other Raiders drafted. Vitaly Potapenko, 12th overall, the same draft class that had one Kobe Bryant. You might have heard of him. I, I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. Sean Murphy, who's in the athletics organization as a catcher, and Oakland's pretty high on him. He so, should be. He's a good player. Yes, he is. Former Centerville Oak, I believe. Uh, Mike Matilli, 84th overall. Joe Smith, 94th overall. Brian Anderson, third overall in baseball. Like I said, that's 76 games, 47 starts for A.J. Patterson in his career, 15 goals, 7 assists, and 2016 named the Horizon League second teamer and all Horizon League tournament team when the Raiders were bounced by UIC on their home field. I mean, that that's awesome. I, I like seeing that happen. Both schools have been very... Rich in other sports beside them in basketball, they just don't get near as much play as they should. Absolutely. I mean, Dayton men's soccer is a lot of fun to watch, too. They had a good season. They were bounced early in the A-10 tournament when they were hosting it. So, But they've had kids that have moved on to the next level. They just don't get as much notoriety or as much ink as they should. And that's Absolutely. a shame. Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about... Two great Division One schools here, just in Dayton. Not talking about Cincinnati or Oxford, which is in between Dayton and Cincinnati, which I do need to talk more. Red Hawks. Sorry, Red Hawks fans. But Dennis Courier has a great program. UD has great women's and men's programs. So for all you basketball fans, come on out. Give these teams a check. Like I mentioned, you might hear my voice. And if that doesn't drive you away, I don't know what will. But That'll put people in the seats. <laughs> Maybe one. <laughs> Mark, it's been it's been a lot of fun coming on episode it, 24. It's a little helter-skelter day for yeah. reasons people don't know. But we got one in the can. That's what yep. people wanted. Absolutely. I mean, it's just Mark Schlemmer and I talking 
local sports. It's Mark does a hell of a job on it. I also there is one more thing before we wrap up. I did want to talk about the Cincinnati Dayton games and flying to the hoop, where overall the local teams went nine and eight. They never did finish the thing. Arlington never could get down here. Nope, Upper Arlington had to cancel the game, so Wayne uh, Wayne didn't have a game to play, which it stinks. But it happens. Yeah, you don't want any problems on the roads either, though. You're talking about Western Columbus area, Upper Arlington, real nice area too. The blue bricked department stores sitting there empty. But that's that was a bad sports. weekend for otherwise. You didn't Ooh. need any trouble on the roads. It was a wise choice. Mm-mm. So if I may, I have the local scores right in front of me, and I'll read them real quick. Fairmont lost to Spire Academy, 80-70. Springboro, in the girls' battle, beat Tippecanoe. I have a 57-58, which doesn't make sense. That's 57-38 over the Red Devils of Tippecanoe. That's the lone girls' match that Flying to the Hoop has. Xenia beat Olentangy Liberty 67-60. The Princeton Vikings fell to Pickerington North 51-38. Trotwood fell to McEachern 87-77. Miamisburg beat Mountain Mission out of Virginia 65-54. Versailles 65, Sydney 50. Covington Catholic, which is just across the river in Kentucky, 49 to Middletown's 33. Springfield beat Cleveland Heights, 73-67 in OT. Franklin Monroe and the Jets fell 58-74 to against Minster. Sorry for the swapping of the score there. 74-58, Minster 1. Fort Loramie, 58. Thurgood Marshall, 53. That was a good game. And Cincinnati Hughes, the Big Red, they take down Lyndhurst Brush, 76-60. And like I mentioned, local high schools in the tournament went 9-8. and that was, a lot of good playoff your statue question. I I can't wait to see it. I actually could pull that up right now. I think that is probably, I don't know. Is that the best question I have asked during this podcast? It's a pretty good one. I, I like the Dayton Hall of Fame one, and what would you build around here? Those type are two of good ones. This one's a good one. This is getting a lot of play on the Facebook page already. I see. I mean, Ralph Underhill with his arm around the shoulder of Jim Brown. They were awesome, yeah. I like that. Don May, Don Donaher for UD by Tom Westendorf. John Naus had uh, the Ralph Underhill. You sit right next to Tom Westendorf when you're at the press table at UD. Do I? Yeah, just about one to the left probably. Official well, scorekeeper. I did not know that. Uh, See what you learn on the page? And women's women's basketball? I do women's you're basketball. You're doing NBC Whatever oh. you do. Oh. And I saw you on TV that night. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because um, uh, Tony was like, Lee's here. So that was pretty cool. Yep, Tommy's right there in the middle of the press row. Jim Hyatt, who works at uh, iHeart in Lima, he put. He used to Tom... be on the Clear Channel with me. Yeah, I remember him. Uh, Tom Blackburn. Uh, Don Very good Donahue. choice. Tom Holzapel. Holzapel, one of right states. Title team members from 82. I see. And Alex Handorf says you need to get back. Oh, wait, no. To Alex Handorf. Never mind. Yep, you're getting I, good play off that. I I don't know if they thought they'd be on the podcast, but there they go. I do like People the are always happy to hear their name on radio. Yeah. Always. I hope I didn't butcher those names too terribly, but 
That's all right. Yours gets chopped up often enough. Oh. Fair is fair. Exactly. So I think that would do it. Uh, Mark, any parting words before wrap up 24? No, we'll have another one scheduled next week. We'll have a little more comfortable and fluid. There's been some bumpy roads today, to put it mildly. So all things considered, this went okay. Yeah, and again, it's always fun to hear Mark talk local sports with me here on the podcast. I know his family of sports people appreciate it. I don't know why I say his. I mean, I'm part of it, too. I like I like Mark Schlemmer, and I hope he gets back on radio soon. Well, you never, you never know. You never know. That will do it for Episode 24 of The Gem on the Queen's Crown, again available on iTunes and most iOS podcast players, along with Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Acast, Overcast, Anchor.fm, Podbean, Spreaker, Player.fm, Podchaser, Radioline, Podbay.fm, and Listen Notes, as well as the made-up service Dilly Dilly, because I want to say that and never say it again because I hate that phrase. That's awful. And I, I heard you were serious with that at first. <laughs> Al Michaels said that on a commercial and it he got was to perfect, Twitter. Too. Like Dilly Dilly. Like Al, 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 your career. Take about your career. Episode 24 is in the books. Expect something special for episode 25 and. Hopefully we'll have the fifth round table next week with Mark bringing in a whole new slew of people. This is Lee W. Mallon signing off here on the Gem on the Queen's Crown. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Don't forget to like the Facebook page, the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Follow the podcaster, the Lee W. Mowen, on Twitter and Instagram. Also, visit www.theleewmowen.com and www.gemcitysports.com.